podcast. And I'm joined as always by my good buddies, Richard. Hello. And Michael. Howdy. These uh, Jamokis like to debate and deliberate the most ubiquitous aspects of a variety of topics. And this uh, time around, you may have guessed by the thing that's up on the screen. This is the Mount Rushmore of magazine subscriptions you had. Richard, from whence, no, Michael, from whence came the, the idea? Uh, my son, uh, Felix, everything comes from my son, Felix, these days. So oh, my entire oh, world revolves oh. around things that my uh, six-year-old does or says or is interested Well, put in. Felix on, would you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, he currently, um, he had a subscription for magazines for maybe two years to High Five, which is like the junior highlights magazine for kids. And then he's recently switched over in the last few months to just plain highlights where it's things, the, there's a little bit more storytelling, the things they talk about are a bit more, um, not grown up, but they're for, you know, kids that are six to 10 year old instead of like, you know, two to six years old, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And um, he's always very excited to get a magazine, but he opens it and we read it one time and he's done. He's absolutely, he doesn't care about it. And then uh, we have all of these like uh, internal uh, sort of uh, mishigosh of like, oh, do we hold on to it? Do we throw it out? And I'm like, no, it's a fucking magazine. Get rid of it. Hold on to it for like two months or three months at the tops. Yeah. And then you're not going to reread it and then throw it away. Uh, so uh, uh, recently an issue came in that had the same sort of effect. It's on the, his side table and we've looked through it once and it's like basically, uh, you know, to be, to be recycled. And I thought, what magazine subscriptions have I had uh, growing up as a kid and as an adult? And um, what we still get, I, you know, we're, Emily, uh, my wife, she, uh, she has a couple of different uh, subscriptions that come in. And I just thought it was uh, one. I like these personal topics because uh, I love to see uh, Richard. I just love to see Jeff judge us for things that are just very personal to us, which feels yeah. like oh, <laughs> uh, I, I love I love being um, you know put on the cross that way um, oh, because yeah. really there's no re there's no real answers to this. It's not like mm -hmm. someone can say uh, uh, you know the guns and ammo well i guess you can really judge someone if they had a, <laughs> a guns and ammo, subscription yeah. to guns and ammo but um you know generally they're about interests or they're about whatever is kind of important to you in the moment so i think that they're interesting time capsules of your life but then also sometimes you have a subscription and you're like why do i did i subscribe to this does someone subscribe me to this why why does this keep coming I don't remember. Yes. I don't signing up for I've this. Had those. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to segue into that as my first one. Cause that's oh, one that I Perfectly. had, Perfect. I had for years. And as far as I know, I never paid for it. Never got charged a dime. <laughs> Just kept coming to my house month after month. And that was Maxim magazine. Oh, wow. Oh, yes. I had, a, I had a subscription to that as well, but it's not on my list. Well, mm. we were all, we were, we were all lads in our, of a certain age when Maxim was popular. So of course we had subscriptions to it. No, it just showed up at start one day. It just showed up at my house. Like, you know, some Maxim magazine with like, you know, who who knows some Jenny some McCarthy. Jenny McCarthy <laughs> in a bikini on on, and, uh, on it or 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 somebody like that and it was just like, okay. I guess I'm getting this now. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it was a crap magazine for the most part. I mean, it was very specific to a certain 
place and time in my life and I think in in culturally just sort of the lad mm-hmm. as they were called in England the lad culture yeah kind of the bro culture a little bit and I you know I had a little bit of that in me in my 20s so I'm, I, I I can't I can't act like I'm too superior and too much above it mm-hmm. and there was the occasional really funny article that would would sneak its way in there a really interesting article um I but always at like the end of the like like it's a little bit like they had like a little bit of just like uh you know kind of like culture stuff in terms of like a little bit of technology a little bit of fashion a little mm-hmm. bit of an interview with like probably like i don't know seth green <laughs> I, yeah. I assume every fourth issue was an interview with seth green or like jack black or someone that was coming up or somewhat relevant yeah, yeah. To me, I, what I wound up, what wound up happening with me, and I, I, it stopped coming, and I never. Re- I think one day I finally got like a renewal yeah. let it notice, and I was like, well, "What am I renewing? I didn't pay for this, and I didn't sign up for this." But I think I realized it was basically like getting Playboy, except not as smart. It was like the dumb person's Playboy, and it wasn't even nude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what am I doing here, really? <laughs> There's no Alex Haley interviews. And Jenny McCarthy is in a bikini on Maxim versus yeah. being fully nude in Playboy. <laughs> so what am I even thinking? What are we even what are we even doing here? And I think that was probably at some point collectively male America came to that realization and went, oh, I don't really need this. Mm-hmm. And then Maximum F- and FHM and whatever yeah, other that was, similar was, magazines all kind of went out of business at the same time. Do you think was that FHM, collective? Okay, go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to ask. Do you think that collective uh, aha moment for the culture was the internet? Like, oh, we get all these, all this other kind of culture information and scantily whatever through AOL now or something like that. You know, I think it was social media more than just the internet because mm-hmm. the internet was around by the time Maxim was 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 popular but what i don't remember necessarily i think social media was still pretty pretty nascent it was still like your myspaces and things like that mm-hmm. i think once viral articles started to happen and you started to get you know why should i go to maxim for for snark about video games when i can read sean baby mm-hmm. or somebody like that you know mm-hmm. so I think that viral articles, viral clips, things like that, once those started to be shared over social media and in a way that they would truly become viral and something that wasn't just emailed from person to person but could really go out to millions of people almost instantly, I think that was probably the death knell for a publication like Maxim. Hmm. You know, I'm interested in knowing... Uh, for any listeners out there who are familiar with Maxim when it started, was it different? Because if you follow Playboy, it it kind of had a gradual descent. Actually, I think it kind of got more literary over 20 years and then spent the next 30 years becoming much less literary. There was a time when being a subscriber to a to Playboy meant that you were, I don't know, <laughs> maybe not unsophisticated, but it, it does, certainly doesn't have that reputation anymore. So I'm curious to see if Maxim had that. I know that's not the point for us to do the history of these magazines, but what, sure. I wonder if there was a time when it was actually, you know, a real, a real. <laughs> I seem to remember, and I may be completely talking out of my ass on this one, but my, my, my gut instinct is that Playboy actually sort of 
lowered the level of their sophistication because of publications like a max like mm -hmm. maxim yeah and i think that if if there was a cause and effect to it that's probably what it was yeah interesting okay michael what's your first well i'm just going to go in timeline order from what i remember uh collecting or getting a subscription to just because I was thinking about Felix and my first magazine that I had a subscription to was as a kid and it was definitely He-Man and the Masters of the Universe magazine <laughs> and uh, this is one of those things that like uh, I'm sure I just saw an advertisement for it um, someplace else probably on the back of a toy box or I probably saw a advertisement on like some sort of spinner rack at like a Toys R Us or like a KB Toys or something and probably got it and then every month you'd get this thing and inside it was you know these dopey puzzles that you could do where like it was a grid of dots and you could play this game where you took turns drawing lines and you put your initials in whatever or it was like an article about he-man mm -hmm. <laughs> you know some sort of like comic or an adventure story or some sort of coloring page it was just like a big activity magazine but um the things that stand out mostly is because i was talked about this on the show a, a ton obsessed with he-man it was like my toy that has surpassed every other toy that i've ever owned in terms of uh its influence on how i was as a kid like nothing stood up to it like uh you know all the eventually it went away and the gi joes came and went they were a little part of it and transformers a little bit and uh you know star wars but i didn't have subscriptions to those whatever that those magazines mm -hmm. if they even had it you know um, but definitely He-Man and the Masters of the Universe magazine was like the one that was like so super important. Um, they had a contest in it. I must have been probably eight years old or nine, I would say, maybe eight, something like that. And it was a create a character contest. And the create a character contest, um, basically it asked you to write in and uh, uh, draw a picture. And it was for kids, whatever. And you drew a picture and you sent it in and they selected five people of characters. And then it had like a phone number, you know, like a few months later for you to vote on. And I sat down with my grandmother and she was the one that would like would draw with me and we draw like, we drew a character that was like this octopus guy that had like these octopus tentacles coming off his head, you know, great stuff. I don't remember the name of it. Probably should have won. You know where this is going. You know where this is going. Where I'm mad, uh, you know, uh, 40 years later at a, a magazine for selecting the fearless photog, which is uh, this dumbass, this dumbass character who has like a camera head that they said we're going to put into um, a. I just put it in the chat. They were going to put it into production. Never, never came about. The character looks stupid. Uh, the kid that designed That's it. That's really dumb looking. Thank you. That's really uh, dumb looking. I, you know, there's a lot of like dumb characters that they've had over the years. Uh, Extendar and um, uh, Snout Spout, which was like this metal elephant character that squirted water. But um, certainly the ones that they selected were just, you know, they, 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 look at that asshole. God, I hate this guy. <laughs> For <laughs> watching the video. He just has this stupid camera head. They eventually made a figure of him because there's a big like kind of uh, uh, He-Man fandom that has lived on and made many characters over the mm -hmm. years and eventually he came about. But um, 
that's why that magazine was important because it was this chance to interact with, I think there was the chance to interact with this magazine too. And like, will this thing appear in the magazine? And then it didn't. And then it's like, Oh, whatever. You know, yeah. th th that's one thing I, I remember telling um, Felix is like the, in highlights, you know, kids send in artwork and they send in poems and they send in things. And it's like, you know, uh, Annie DeVille, age nine from, uh, you know, Tennessee. Here's her, her drawing of a cat. I was like, Felix, you can send your stuff in. And she's, and he's like, uh, no, nah, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> At best I beat Annie DeVille. And then. Yeah. Wow. That is really, that is really interesting. Uh, just, just think about, you know, what, one thing I, I, I personally, the subscriptions I had were to Marvel comics and they had a kind of a, a letters to the editor mm. segment in the back. And, you had a sense of dialogue pre-internet uh, with this publication. And it sounds like you had a kind of a feeling of uh, contributing and having a dialogue with it. That was really cool. That's really cool. I wish um, I've been doing this big read through of like Marvel comics and I should stop down and read the letters in the back. Yeah. Like, cause they still, I mean, they were, I don't know if they still do them to this day, but like I'm, I've been reading comics through like this, this Marvel app. I've tried to go through all the X-Men from like, basically like the, Chris Claremont stuff from like the early seventies yeah. till I'm up to 2012 now. Um, but they all have like this letter section and I, sh I should have taken the time to do that, to read that part. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thanks Jeff. One more regret. Uh, <laughs> well, who needs to raise your kid? You don't need to do that. You need to read those letters. Okay. Uh, Richard, what's your second one? All right. My second choice is um, the first magazine. One of the first magazines I can remember getting as a kid. And it was Sporting News Magazine. Mm. Um, not Sports Illustrated. I didn't. I don't think I ever had. I might have later on, but certainly when I was younger, this would have been when I was like ten or eleven. And Sporting News was a weekly magazine, and it was it was like a tabloid, so it was bigger than a regular magazine, mm -hmm. and. It was probably about, I don't know, 50 or 60 pages. And it was just stuffed with all sorts of like, every sport had its own section and each section had, here's who's hot and here's who's not. Hmm. And there would be like gossip sections about like, here's what we're hearing. We're hearing that the Dodgers aren't very happy with Pedro Guerrero lately and all of this sort of stuff. And it just it felt like a more substantive it felt like what if you're a real sports fan you're reading sporting news you're not reading that that kind of glossy sports illustrated just sort of you know a couple of feet you know give you feature articles and that's about it this is for like the serious sports fan and for me being 10 or 11 years old i felt like i was the shit getting sporting news you know mm -hmm. i really felt like i was the the smartest sports fan in my elementary school because I would read sporting news <laughs> front to back and I knew everything about every player. And for a budding know-it-all, the ability to, I mean, this is the thing you don't, people I think of a certain age or younger don't realize. It's like we couldn't just go look online, go to baseball reference and see what the, who, what the latest you know, baseball stats were. Each week at the back, they would list like, here's the leading 
batting average hitters for as of last week, and here's who's leading in home runs, and here's who's leading in RBIs and all of that. And that was really, other than your daily newspaper, if they happen to run something like that every once in a while, that was where you got your statistics and information from, was like a magazine. There was no internet to go, kids, there was no internet to go look this stuff up. <laughs> and I don't know why I stopped reading it. I think it kind of started shrinking and shrinking, and eventually it just kind of got a little too generic for me. But I I just have really fond memories of every week going home, coming home and having that sporting news magazine waiting for me. Did it did it seem like a broadcast kind of from adulthood, like the more the more sophisticated world that you wanted to were you were you, I know you I believe you graduated high school early. Is that right? Yeah. Like you were in college by 17 or something? Something like that. Yeah. Like Richard was striving to be part of the world of adults. I just or... wanted to get out of my hometown, Jeff. Did you? <laughs> let's, let's cut to the chase. No, no, it, no. Serious. In all seriousness, I, I don't know that I was, if it was about me striving to be something more mature, but I think, you know, when, when you're in elementary school, kids get reputations for certain things. Mm. And mine was that I knew everything about sports. Oh yeah. So it, it was, you know, I didn't mind it because I felt like I knew more about sports than everyone else. I love sports. And so for me to watch ES, me watching, I watched ESPN all the time and I read sporting news all the time. Mm -hmm. So it was something like I could go to my barber and he would literally ask me for betting tips. Oh, wow. 10 years old. Like, you know, start of the baseball season, what teams he should be betting on to win yeah. the world series. This seems like a third season Simpsons uh, plot line for Bart or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bart, Bart and the barber. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bart's going in every week to get a haircut or something because the barber's paying him off for his, his, his betting tips. Well, that is an interesting aspect of the kind of socialization. I remember st striving to figure out who I was in the, um, in the, uh, uh character comedy of, <laughs> of school, you know, like I know I wasn't the, this the at the jock I, I wasn't completely the nerd but you know I, I i thought it was probably funny guy and so i knew the more i saw comedy the more i probably had uh better ammunition to be the funny guy so i could totally sure. see how you needed to who knows maybe somebody's gonna ask you a question walking down the hallway and you, you're not gonna know you're gonna you're not gonna have have your job anymore who knows you might wind up on sports jeopardy someday boom yeah, right. <laughs> see $5,000 pays off to, to ignore your studies and just pay attention to sports. Uh, right. Uh, Michael, what's your second one? Uh, going down the list, my next uh, magazine that I had a subscription to was Nintendo Power. Oh, cool. Uh, where it was, I think, the one of the first time where, um, like, I was getting in a magazine for, like, like kind of Richard's, kind of alluded to like this informational purpose like i was trying to get this magazine to defeat a game or find a tip for a hint or whatever in a game that um uh that i was trying to beat that like i was trying to get through um you know it go goes back to our, our information sources were these monthly or in richard's case oh look at that first issue that beautiful <laughs> that beautiful claymation uh, yeah. made out of like plasticine <laughs> cover uh lovely. I love they tried to take a picture of the video game but couldn't so they got to get out the play-doh <laughs> <laughs> um 
that's where you got the info yeah was monthly is like you there was no resource to go look it up the way that i certainly do these days or have in my in my youth at some point i remember my friend um you guys guys all know my good friend eric um and we started playing like video games together in like the kind of mid nineties or like computer games, we'd use his dad's computer to go on the internet and try to search for things, how to, def- and it was just like, this was amazing. We could look up how we could find this lost, this thing that we can't figure out in like mist or whatever it was we were playing. And, but otherwise you had to wait to see what, what they, what information they provided to you is like, Oh, how to get through this super Mario brothers dungeon or a Zelda map or something. And it was like, all this stuff was like, just wasn't there and i remember um feeling so you know pardon the pun like empowered by getting this thing and being like okay well now i gotta okay this is what i gotta do and you gotta look hold it all down you're holding you're looking at the map or you're looking at the thing you're like okay you're playing trying to play defeat metroid or whatever and like okay there's that all right there's the missiles on this level now i can go down here i didn't know that was there now i know and uh you know, it's not like every game pertains to you. And it certainly wasn't at the level of like, it's funny because there's something, you know, it's so specific, right? Later on, I my friends, and occasionally I'd buy like EGM, like Electronic Gaming Monthly. And that would talk more about new releases as well as having tips and tricks and whatever. And, and, um, and I liked it, but it was never the same thing as how specific Nintendo Power was to the system that I had. And I probably grew out of it when I got like a Sega Genesis or whatever. Cause I don't remember there being like a really cool Sega magazine. There probably was, it was probably something it was probably like Sega power or, or, or in, in the same vein as like Sega used to do. It was probably like Nintendo power sucks magazine or something where it was just, they're just <laughs> like, they're just shitting on the competition. What replaced it? Uh, chat rooms or internet or do you think it, I guess so? Still... I mean, I don't even. You mean like to this day? I mean, yeah. I, I have to think there was probably a very specific website that I would go to that was like the video game hints and tips website that I'm mm-hmm. sure it doesn't exist anymore. But there used to be just you could just go and be like, okay, you're playing a, you know, a new Zelda game from 15 years later, and you're just like, okay, where I got to figure out how to get through this place now. Where's this ferry? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that's so much fun. That's so much fun. It's weird to think that as a kid, though, you know, like uh, if you didn't know how to defeat, you know, get to another level or something, you knew, well, at least in a month from now, <laughs> I might have a hint in this magazine. Yeah. And an, an older, an older, uh, you know, neighbor could yeah. do it or uh, you'd have to <laughs> figure it out somehow or, yeah. you know, some no some know it all walking down the street, you know, listing Ken Griffey oh. Jr. batting average, and also he happened to know like uh, he batted three. Like, he batted three twelve in nineteen ninety three. By the way, okay, sports expert, you read that in Sporting News? Yeah, I I did. I know you know what? I never I had issues of Nintendo Power. I never had a, prescri- mm-hmm. a prescription a a subscription. Yeah. Um, I had Electronic Games, which was like yeah. the, the the forerunner of it. Oh, I love, I, actually, I love, I love all of Richard's like knockoff, uh, like sealess uh, yeah, <laughs> value. Well, that's because I'm a little bit older than you, <laughs> so we didn't have Nintendo Power when I was started playing video. You games. You got sports yet. annotated, Atari Power. 
And I do remember there was a contest when Activision skiing game came out in like 81, something like that, 82, where you had to beat, you had to get a certain time on like the hardest level of the skiing game. And if you took a Polaroid of it and sent it in, they would run it in the next issue and one of the following issues. And I spent, I don't know how many weeks trying to get to it. And I would get like within like hundredths of a second, two hundredths of a second. (laughs) I love it. And not get it. And eventually I got it and I had to run and get my dad over to get the, take a picture of it. We sent it in and sure enough, it made it into the magazine. And that was, I love it. I just remember taking that magazine to school and like, see, (laughs) not just a sports nerd, also a sports video game nerd. See, See, I'm complex. Yeah, I'm a man of of multitudes (laughs) at six. Oh, multitudes is who answered uh, our call out on the Internet when we um, asked people about magazines that they uh, had. And I, you know, I, I, I most people went to their youth and said, you know, I had this magazine or that magazine during my youth, but there was a commonality. I'm, I'm not doing a very good job of showing this up here right now, but there's a commonality. Mad, Mag- Mad Magazine was definitely one that a lot of people ha- had read. Sure. And I don't know that could be on the docket later on. Um, highlights Magazine is definitely one that uh, people responded to and said that they had highlights. Um, a fan of the uh, podcast, um, Justin Marchant said he had Nintendo Power. So that's really cool. Uh, that he had that. Um, but it was really interesting to hear some of the reasons why uh, Tom Winter, uh, a friend, um, he he loved Boy's Life, but one of the reasons he liked it was ads for military boarding schools far from home. <laughs> he fantasized Boy. about being sent off away from home <laughs> to a military boarding school just so he could leave home. And I was amazed at how many people had National Lampoon subscriptions mm. probably before they should have had national lampoon uh sure. subscriptions a nat geo world uh nat geo for kids and there was a lot of this is for a certain era of uh person a certain uh vintage of person um dynamite magazine bananas magazine pizzazz magazine uh, a lot of those a lot of those out there so that that was a lot of fun to read that and um, thanks, thanks for those folks who responded. But yeah, definitely Highlights Magazine. Now, now, when Felix went from High Five to Highlights, was he like, like, like now the seedy underbelly that I've been <laughs> that I've been looking for? Was there, no, was he barely he barely recognized the difference. I mean, honestly, okay. it was more like he was losing interest in the stuff in High Five, yeah. even though it was just kind of like eh, it's the same thing. It's like yeah. they're just like it's just like a lesser version of the same thing. I don't know. Yeah, you went from Sesame Street to Electric Company and just got a little. Yeah, basically, just yeah. you know, you're just watching, you're just flipping the channel, and it's like, okay, this is the the cartoon that's on at six o'clock or whatever. Yeah, two thirty. Yeah. All right, so uh, why don't we go back to Rich? Sorry, yeah, yeah, Richard, and get his third one. Yeah, my third one, Spy Magazine. Oh, fun! The, now uh, that's that's one that did change, right? Do you think over over the years? No. Mm. Why did you like it? Uh, well, I liked it because I was, you know, when I, I kind of discovered it probably around like, I don't know, 89 or 90 or something, mm-hmm. about 88, eight, let's say 12, 13, something like that. Yeah. When I was, uh, I was about 12 or 13. And as someone who was a kid whose comedic stylings were definitely very satirical and 
ironic in nature. Yeah. I found Spy to be like speaking directly to me. I mean, yeah. if you're a kid who grew up watching David Letterman, and I did, I taped every mm-hmm. episode and would come home and watch it every night. I was like, I was like the kid from Freaks and Geeks who comes home to watch Gary Shandling on uh, The Tonight Show. Yeah. I was basically that kid with Letterman. And Spy wow. Magazine felt like the Letterman show mm-hmm. in magazine format. Mm-hmm. And it was also very, it made you, that that was one, I think more so than like a sporting news, which was still a sports publication mm-hmm. that made you feel very sophisticated. And like, I mean, it was a very New York sort of publication, but even though it did deal with a lot of Los Angeles and Hollywood type stuff. Yeah. Um, and it was very, very funny. I mean, I, I still think of, I still see Donald Trump and I think of their pejorative term for him, short fingered vulgarian, Donald Trump. <laughs> I've heard that just today. Short fingered <laughs> vulgarian. Yeah. Which, which they, 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 they came up with or dynamic dy- dynastic misstep Latoya Jackson. Oh, wow. That's also a, a, another really popular one. And they would do things like that would just take down these celebrities celebrities in a way that no other publication really had before. Mm-hmm. I mean, National Lampoon, you mentioned National Lampoon. They did that to some extent. But Spies felt like the... I mean, National Lampoon was great. It was also very shock-oriented. Yeah. I mean, the humor could be very sophisticated or it could be very kind of vulgar. Mm-hmm. And Spy was certainly a little bit more erudite yeah. than that. It was it was like a smart-ass New Yorker or New York mm-hmm. magazine or mm-hmm. something like that. And I just loved it. I it, it really spoke spoke to me, you know, from a from where I was at of of that age and who I thought I wanted to be. Yeah, Spy magazine was where it was at. It was wow. like once once you graduated from Mad magazine. Mm-hmm. Once you once you reach that point where you thought that Mad Magazine was a little too childish for you, you kind of went into Spy Ma- Spy Magazine was one of the worlds you could definitely go into. Mm-hmm. And was that a newsstand grab, or did you have a subscription? I had a subscription. Oh wow, okay. I remember it. I worked at Montgomery Wards, and B Dalton's was right outside with the main gate when you walked. And that was something I would look and kind of see, you know, people dressed up like George Washington. I forget who who was posing as <laughs> George Washington <laughs> on the cover and thinking that I wanted to be the person that, oh, yeah, like uh, um, I, OJ dressed as George Washington. I wanted to be the person who got it. But just like um, the New Yorker today, I see it. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I, just don't, I just don't get it. But definitely, yeah, more sophisticated more it's almost like black coffee to the the yoohoo that you were drinking <laughs> yeah i mean new yorker is the mild chuckle mm-hmm. version of what's <laughs> sensible the ch- sensible, chuckle. sensible, yeah, chuckle, sensible yeah. chuckle yeah <laughs> yeah it's definitely the sensible chuckle compared to spy magazine mm-hmm. which which occasionally would have me literally rolling on the floor laughing yeah. so I, that's that was very for me formulative in terms of who i was kind of comedy wise and also just as a who I thought I wanted to be as a person mm-hmm. at that mm-hmm. time. I think I'm a little less of a smart ass now than I was back then. But. I'm kind of surprised that um, Premier Magazine didn't last 
longer because it seemed like it was doing just what people wanted with it. Like I, I, I realized there's probably other publications that covered its uh, bases a little bit. Like I don't know. That. It's like the, the internet came in and has ruined all of this stuff for the most part. I mean, yeah. like, yeah. what are you going to do with like month old casting news for, uh, yeah. I don't know, some new movie that's coming out. It's like, you know, you know, there's things that come out like what, like almost weekly, like Hollywood Reporter or mm -hmm. whatever, but like Entertainment Weekly. Entertainment Weekly. Imagine, thing. Or Entertainment Tonight, like, I imagine, too, would scoop them every day. Yeah, but like to yeah. have like a, you know, I remember Premiere Week, Premiere was great when like you'd want to see like a great photo shoot of like Gillian Anderson, like dressed up in like a blue cat suit. Like, yes, yes I would. <laughs> by the way. Yes, thank you. Um, but like in these, this day and age, it's like those things, it's it, subscriptions or, or magazines are very interesting in that they have kind of faded in the same way that the newspapers are fading in this sort of, if it's not happening immediately and I'm not learning about it immediately, I don't remember what happened yesterday, you know, certainly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, Michael, what is your third? What's interesting because I, I realized in like my timeline, there's like this huge like 15 year span or a decade of like things that I'm skipping over because I was like into comic books. And even though mm. like at some point I had like, when I first started collecting, I had this kind of like subscription to some comic books in a way that I don't think I'd ever do now. And I started going to the comic book store and picking things up weekly and things are on hold for me, but I didn't really have like a subscription to them. There's like two important comic magazines that I just picked up every month, which was wizard the guide to comics and toy fair, which was like a toy mm. magazine or whatever, but mm -hmm. I didn't have subscriptions to them. So I was like, I really wanted to include them, but I, I couldn't. So there's like this 10 year gap of like kind of growing up that happened. And then um, in maybe like 2003 or four, I think I started getting spin because I'd moved to Seattle and started really getting into music around the music scene there and had like a spin magazine um, subscription for maybe four or five years until like 2008 or so hmm. when uh, it felt like a nice alternative to uh, Rolling Stone, which I think I'd pick up from time to time, but it never felt as, I don't know, cutting edge kind of uh, indie, even though I don't think spin really was either of those but it felt a little bit different. It felt like they were talking about music in a way that was more akin to what I was listening to mm -hmm. than like these big Rolling Stone magazines, which would have like this huge, ridiculous political piece and research piece that, you know, I really didn't care about, to be honest. Like I didn't really need to read the latest 2004 essay on, you know, the latest war in Iraq or whatever. Yeah. Like, and it would, and it would always have like, you know, uh, Rolling Stone would have, like, I think Rolling Stone is, was and is a much better written piece of things, but I didn't want to know about that. I wanted to know when the next kind of, I was more interested in like the next Interpol album. Mm -hmm. And even though probably Rolling Stone covered that, I think Spin, um, I think I would be, more, I think I was more introduced to more new music that way or recommended new music that way or something 
in my like early 20s than I think I ever got out of Rolling Stone. Mm -hmm. See, I only read NME, Michael, because I was a well, of course, sophisticated (laughs) in college. So, yeah, I was going to ask. It seemed like Spin was more aligned with the British um, new. magazines music magazines yeah there's seeing and it probably it and it probably a, was i think i think i was listening to a lot more uh things like franz ferdinand or i mean i was gonna say or like out of that at least that kind of that atlantic ocean sort of things that were on yeah. either side of whether it was like the strokes and uh interpol or on the you know kind of british side of the atlantic like franz ferdinand or you know mm-hmm what what have you yeah it did said it was a, a bob guccione jr publication but yeah it was more focused on college rock grunge indie stuff yeah at the beginning and then got purchased by him was sold to mtv or former mtv president revived it and then it was i think like richard richard mentioned it was like maxim it was one of those that i just stopped i don't know if yeah. it was just like i was getting broke and i just yeah. like oh god i don't i gotta pay 30 dollars for this for another year yeah okay i guess so well i i can also find new music online so maybe that's yeah maybe that's what i'll do i'll I'll do yeah. that instead and i don't i don't need so i i don't know does spin still publish maybe it does eternal questions yeah. are these magazines still around or are they all online anyhow so it's the different yeah. different thing uh that was something i was gonna bring up earlier oh oh in regards to um the magazines that i had I got but never subscribed to it that I know of. They all seem to be related to music, and uh, I wonder if it was because I s- had multiple, you know, rip-off subscriptions to the publisher's music or the <laughs> what was the, what was the music? Columbia Music, <laughs> Columbia, um, Columbia House, Columbia House. They had my address or something like that. But yeah, there were so many um, uh, publications that I would get. Paste Magazine was one thing that I would get all the time. Mm. And uh, it just seems like you would open it up and every third page was one of those blowing cards was like, you know, <laughs> like a, a thing for uh, cigarettes or something like it was uh, the, the pages were almost outnumbered by the little cards that were inside of it. Um, but yeah, that was the one of those. So it seems like the music ones were ones that I, I don't remember even subscribing to. Um, Richard, what is your last one? What is my last one? Is oh, it is. Uh, this is one that I got in my 20s. Um, and unlike Maxim, I actually sought this one out. This was the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter. Oh, wow. I guess it was more of a newsletter than a magazine, but I think I, I, I'm being... Uh, I'll count it. I, I mean, I don't have any objections to this. <laughs> okay, as long as, as long as, long as council does not object. <laughs> um. Yeah, this is when I was really into wrestling. And I still watch wrestling now. And I still read some online sites now and then. But Pro Wrestling Torch was the number one, they would call it a dirt sheet back then. And it was where you would go to, quote unquote, get smart about the world of professional wrestling. They would report on it like Variety or The Hollywood Reporter or any trade publication would report on its chosen trade. So you would have talk about here's the, here's talk about the ratings of WCW Nitro versus Raw. Here's where these storylines might be going. Here's some rumors that we've heard about people who aren't happy with this wrestler backstage, and here's why. Mm-hmm. And oh, this person's injured, and this person might be 
coming over from Japan to work in WCW, hmm. all that kind of stuff. And columnists talking, giving their opinions on the state of the wrestling industry. And God, I can't believe I, I spent that much time worrying about professional wrestling. <laughs> wow. But I watched a lot of wrestling back in the 90s. So, you know, you can't, you know, as, actually, it would have been probably like early to late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. I mean, there was a online message board that I was active in that mm -hmm. was associated with the newsletter. And you felt like you're, you felt like you were really in the know if you got this publication or one of these types of publications. And if you went to a wrestling show or talked to a wrestling fan and you found out that they also got a publication like this, you knew like, okay, we're simpatico here. We are like hardcore fans. Yeah. Did you feel like it was an extension of your sports the authority, the research you needed for your job as sports authority, do you feel? Yeah, kind of, I suppose. I mean, I think it was, I was, it was just, I've always had a fascination with wrestling mm -hmm. and kind of not so much what happens on screen, but all the stuff that happens behind the screen, behind the yeah. scenes and all the, the fascinating stories and the lives these guys lead and all the dramas and controversies that's actually more dramatic than anything that happens yeah. on screen or inside a ring. Mm -hmm. So to find out all this kind of like, oh, these guys got into a fight and one of them attacked the other one with a crowbar backstage, like for <laughs> real, not like a fake crowbar, but like a real one. Whoa. <laughs> like that's cool stuff. That, yeah. that makes you feel like you're really getting something. Yeah. I think there's something so interesting about all of this. I, I think it really speaks to, um, art personalities i remember um there was like this moment in like 90 maybe ni late 96 or early 97 sometime in there where um like i was in college and really using the internet for the first time right i think this all kind of comes comes around to all these things coming and going and dying out because of the internet or whatever but i remember um being in college and logging on to like the university like web you know, through the university computers, because I didn't have a computer itself. And like going to different websites to find like behind the scene footage of like Star Wars, the Phantom Madness, like pictures, mm -hmm. like construction pictures right. of like, uh, like the new, I remember the first things I saw was like the, like Naboo Starfighter or like different things that were like these bright yellow Starfighters and looking so like, I remember feeling like, Oh my God, I'm so excited for this. Oh God, two years later, uh, boy, the heart dropped out of you. But um, that feeling of knowing something that somebody else doesn't know and then talking about it with someone who is like-minded, who are two people on the know uh, when other people are totally blissfully unaware. Star Wars is coming out again? Okay. Like, and didn't care. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but then if you could talk to somebody about like um, going back to Richard, be like, if you could talk to somebody about what was happening with Mick Foley in like 1998 and everything surrounding wrestling at that time, when it was like these two, you know, um, you know, rival corporations or whatever you want to call them, like banging heads and, but like knowing that oh, it's really going on behind, it's like, 
dreadfully exciting. And to talk to other people and know other people that are within that so- social group, boy, I, I, you know, it was amazing. I, I like, like, and to just, oh yeah, I, I know, I really know what's going on, especially within this, like this wrestling world that at the time mm-hmm. I think was so much more guarded than it yes. is now. You know, the cur- curtain's certainly been pulled back to that everyone is in on the kayfabe. Everyone uh, kind of more openly and freely talks about it. And, but that, you know, in the same sense that they, they also don't because they pretend as well as anything. Can you imagine if movie stars did this where like a, a Tom Cruise where like pretended that everything he did on screen was actually, he was actually, you know, uh, uh, Ethan, Ethan Hunt. Hunt. <laughs> Ethan Hunt. <laughs> I mean, I know that he does a lot of his own stunts and everything, but like for him to, for them to like actually pretend, oh no, this is, this is my lot. This is what I did. Yeah. 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 If he never actually was Ethan Hunt, if he was starring in Mission Impossible as Tom Cruise. (laughs) I think there's something really beautiful about that connection through something as, uh, uh, you know, labeled as a dirt sheet, I think is really, really neat. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's fun. That's fun. Uh, your, your last one, Michael, my last one is, um, Oh God, I forgot the name of it. I have it written down, but I'm going to hustle myself for, uh, wired magazine at some point. Oh, wired. Uh, uh, at some point, uh, probably like in the middle of, I don't know, the mid two thousands, maybe even late two thousands. I don't know how I got a subscription to wired. I think someone gave me a subscription and it was like, uh, okay. I'll take that. That's kind of interesting. I had like this kind of a little bit of like, I'm kind of interested in technology. Mm-hmm. Huh, this world is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. There's things that I'm reading about that I have no idea. I can't follow along with so much of whatever is being discussed, but I'll try to. Oh, look, there's a there's an advertising page and like a, a recommend recommendation page for like a really cool, I don't know, gizmo. That's awesome. I love that. I'll read this other article that I don't quite understand. Oh, what's my smart enough <laughs> to understand this? Not really. I'm going to pretend for a couple of years. <laughs> and then it faded away. But I think that uh, sometimes these magazines come into your life for a very small blip of time and they make you feel something. They make you feel like connected to a world that you don't quite understand. Um, and Wired was definitely one of those. It was always like, really interesting for a couple of years to read what's like what's next in like nanotechnology or what's next Mm in uh i don't know what and then it's like oh here's a thirty five hundred dollar uh turntable that you can't possibly afford but here's our review of it and it's like i guess i will read about these five different turntables that i'm never gonna buy okay (laughs) which one of these which one of these won't i buy that very expensive one. Yes. If I was to not, if I was to buy one of these, which I will never do, it's that really most expensive turntable. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm in. I'm in on it. That is fascinating to me because I feel like I did that too with Wired. And I think what the internet has killed uh, that these magazines provided was uh, 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 FOMO. You know, I remember thinking, I, I got to look mm. in Wired because somebody at my work might be talking about this new you know, um, smart drugs, you know, or some, some new thing, a computer chip that can s- solve all the problems and I won't know about it. And then I'll be irrelevant and I'll be the dummy. So, but you said connection and Michael, I think that seems to be a, th- a theme, but like connected to, whoa, 
that's some cool music. What's did I do that? Did you do that? No, there's uh, a train that was going past. Oh wow. <laughs> okay. So uh, the music, I, uh, the music of the hobos. Chef. Yeah, it's del- <laughs> delivering the new, the new <laughs> issues of train mag, of like chugging along. Mag. Oh, can I? Uh, train, I want to come back around before before you I, you get to your uh, really important point. Uh, one magazine okay. that I'd like to call out that I, I know never existed, um, but I always wanted to exist was Chewing, the gum magazine <laughs> from Calvin and Hobbes, where uh, I remember reading about when Calvin would be so excited to read about like new ways to warm up your mouth. And properly chew, and oh, the new whatever's coming out, and like his parents would be like, just like looking at him, like, what are you talking? <laughs> like, what is this interest? And how uh, I always thought that was such a such a fun uh, commentary on um, on ridiculous hobbies. But anyway, yeah. Jeff, go ahead, go ahead. Do we save this for fic- fictional magazines? <laughs> or <laughs> magazines? we've already talked about chewing and sensible chuckle, so I don't know. Okay, I think we've got the top two. We've got them. Um, we've got most. No, like the well, connection is what these magazines yes, provide yes, you, 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 and I think um, connecting to information is one thing. Michael, it seems to be your theme, and then Richard, it seems like connecting to the outside world. You know, these bigger worlds that you were searching to explore. You know, of boobies um, for Maxim, and then like sports, and then obviously like, politics, and then the bigger world of the industry of entertainment that pro wrestling. Uh, connected you to but michael it seems like the these magical worlds of he-man and and these solutions that for for things that that nintendo provided but in the worlds of music and, and technology so it doesn't seem really interesting how the connectivity was all provided by those things i do remember just being so excited to get a new magazine to put it on the coffee table and maybe even read it <laughs> but it also did when you back when you had oh, friends yeah. over oh my god the magazines were kind of a way to kind of show who you were but Super cool. I have this. I have this. I have this wonderful, um, uh, like, uh, picture book or like a photo album, sort of whatever of like great Morrissey photos from like you know the oh yeah uh, late late eighties early nineties that's sitting out on like our coffee table, uh, you know, oh, uh, Ottoman so things awesome. that nobody has ever picked up because nobody comes over anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's All there. Right. It's wait. It's waiting. It's waiting to be uh to be not waiting to be observed. All right, so let's let's go with these. Let's go with uh, He-Man. Did yeah, because like that 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 that, that uh, camera guy thing was just so ridiculous. That was good. Oh, the fearless boy, photog. The fearless photog was pretty great. Let's go with Nintendo Power. Okay, let's go with Spy, and let's go with Jenny McCarthy's boobies. Oh, it's just like 20, 20 stamps right there. Oh, I love bringing oh. back that old chisel sound effect without the echo. Yeah. Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> oh man um okay my dudes this uh we gotta oh god i just got a message my subscription is running out i've only got three more episodes left of andy warhol's interview magazine i better go update it hey we are, yeah renew that quickly yeah renew that yeah well this has been the mount rushmore of um magazine subscriptions that you had uh i am always jeff i'm richard i'm michael Da 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 da